Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Turn there in your Bible. Uh, we're going to start at verse 19. And Bible scholars, we're going to uh, interpret Scripture again tonight. As you're turning there, I... I know that um, the Lord, I know I've always known this, but the Lord kind of showed me how uh, he is concerned about even the smallest of needs. Uh, sometimes those, what seems to be small needs are not so small, they're big, especially if they're troubling you. And um, I, uh, my responsibility at work is, uh, of course, I've carried, I'm taking on two or three different roles now, so I guess I should just own the business, but I, I don't. But um, but we had we had put a uh, furnace in for a, an elderly couple, and sometimes um, I'm not saying this in a derogative way, but I do know that sometimes situations when people are older, when you put a furnace in for them, they just it's not like the old one. It's not like the old one. The old one was way too big for the house. So we put another unit in, a little bit smaller, and that one was still a little bit too big for the house. So the, the, the guy, uh, I know his blood flow is not flowing as good as it should, but, and I understand that more and more as I get older, you get colder, you get colder. So him and his wife always said that they're very cold, they're very cold, and it got to a point where this, this man was saying, you need to take this furnace out, put something different, put something bigger in. And if you do that, it's going to damage the furnace. So um, I went out there, and, and before I did that, um, I asked my wife to pray for me. She said, just trust God. And, um, you know, she says, trust God. And I'm saying, I already know that. I already know that. That's what I'm supposed to do. You know, but sometimes we don't really think about it as much as we should. But... Uh, yes, and I have been praying, and I, I prayed, Lord, give me the right words when I walk in the house to talk to them, because this furnace can do a bigger house than what their house is. And I knew what the problem was. They have a apartment, like a bedroom upstairs, and there's they don't have heat up there. They have the furnace up there turned off, and there's an open stairway. Cold air falls. If we asked Sister Franny, the professional physics teacher uh, if we ask her cold air falls heat rises so that cold air in that bedroom kept falling down the stairway and making it cold in the kitchen and that's where the uh, the lady had cooked and spent a lot of time so they were constantly cold and he was saying just you need to take this furnace out it's just not doing the job so I prayed before I got there I said God please give me the right words to say they gave me an earful when I walked in the door and I just smiled and said, okay, okay, but I'm going to test some things out here. And I, I went through and I put thermometers all over the house. And um, my procedure is, and I didn't even think about this, but I know that it was the Lord that let this happen. I turned the thermostat up to 86 degrees. 
And I let that thing start heating and heating and heating. And they were looking at an old thermostat that they put beside the new thermostat that was totally off. And, and they said, it's not warm enough in here. So I put thermometers all over the house, turned it up to 86 degrees, and I just kept talking to them, kept going around checking these thermostats, and it kept getting hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter in the house until I looked over at the guy sitting on the couch, and he was like sitting there going, he was like sweating and I was walking around I was sweating and she was sweating too and he looks at me and he says yeah that furnace does the job he said I'll never bother you ever again <laughs> but I thought about that and as I I just simply prayed a prayer God help me with this because I don't know what to re- I mean I know I can say to him but is it really sometimes you could know what to say but you don't know if it's going to register with them they're going to understand that and um, but the Lord just kind of worked that out just the fact of I, you know I'm sure the Lord just allowed me to just turn the thermostat up high and I wouldn't even think about it making them sweat all of us sweat and uh, it did prove a point that that furnace will, will do the job just turn the thermostat up a little bit higher you're going to be warmer uh, but I say that to say this God is concerned about the big things and the little things and if you just simply pray talk to God God does take care of those things he always does and sometimes it's it, it the results come at the least expected time and in the least expected method I know if I had got involved in what I wanted to do uh, I probably would have messed it up but God allowed it to be worked out right so I say that for us personally trust God trust God and just pray and simply ask God even in the even in the small things because we might think God doesn't care about this yeah he does and he cares about the big things he cares about the medium things he cares about it all and he will take care of it as we pray and as we believe amen amen I know sometimes it's some things are very humorous and just life but we just trust God in every step that we take Uh, the book of Proverbs chapter 15 verse 19 Proverbs 15 and 19 Um, Bible scholars were going to interpret brother Raymond you can't be sitting down. What's the deal here? You need to be up moving around. <laughs> what gives you a right to sit down? <laughs> Thank you, Brother Raymond, for your help. So we appreciate that. He's going to take the mic around. If you got some interpretation here tonight um, then uh, of the scripture, then please, we want you to be involved in this. And those in lo- online, too, if you want to be involved, um, just put a picture up and we will read it so um, and, and how many have enjoyed the enjoyed the interpretation of the scripture I'm, we've heard so many great great words and thoughts of these scriptures really open up our understanding about a lot of things and thank you for sharing those thoughts here tonight or in, in the past okay the book of Proverbs chapter 15 verse 19 Uh, It says, the way of the slothful man is as an hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made 
plain. Plain. Now this word plain is P-L-A-I-N. The way of the slothful man is as an hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. What do you think that scripture means here tonight? Yes, Sister Dwight. reading this this morning it was um, I was thinking of a, a path and it was very pretty it must have been fall there was two rows of trees the path was littered with um, with um, different colored leaves the trees were lining the path and I was walking with the Lord and he was my prince of peace and it was very peaceful um, and then I started thinking about um, walking with the Lord is no place to be lazy mm-hmm. because just like if your yard is uh, the hedgerow can grow into the the yard and right. you'll never get your yard back mm-hmm. um, so if you're lazy and you lack prayer, reading the word praying the word, attending church your uh, thorny vines and weeds are going to grow up across your path mm. and block the path of your walk with God and um, the Bible says press toward the mark because getting rid of all those weeds and, and letting them not grow across your path is hard work um, all these things that we have to do every day to protect our walk with God is work Sister Lonnie uh, shared a scripture with us last week Uh, Jude 1 and 3 that says contend for the faith that's a fight Mm -hmm. and fights if you're going to fight for something you can't be lazy about it Um, so um, if you're slothful and you neglect your prayer time and your reading the the weeds of the world and the the flesh are just going to grow across your path and I was thinking about the woman with the issue of blood how she pressed uh, through the crowd to touch Jesus' garment so that she could claim her healing. And she wouldn't have got that done if she had given up mm. before. And I, that, that had to have been a huge crowd. Mm. And she had a lot of pressing to do. So um, I apologize for rambling because well, I do that. But Sound like you've been studying. <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Very good. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, and who's next? Who wants to take a chance at this? <laughs> Sister Toby. Let me read that again. The way of the slothful man is as an hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. So I looked at the type of person, slothful, and so I looked it up in Strong's, and it says sluggish or lazy, and then, but the way of the righteous is made plain. Righteous means straight, upright, correct, or level. And I thought, why did they use the word righteous instead of um, instead of like the way of the busy man is made plain mm. 
or the way of the person with energy or industrious or drive or intentness or pernacity or people that are productive is made plain. And I realized that slothful is a carnal attribute. Righteous is a spiritual attribute. And that only really comes from God. It's something that you receive from God where if you say, well, the busy man's way is made plain, that's carnal too, to be busy. Everybody's busy. So that was just my thought. That's good. Very good thought. And you know, when you think about that, um, and I want to say here, you all been studying, and that's good. That's exactly what we need with these scriptures. Go ahead and read them and study. Matter of fact, uh, every interpretation of these key words here, you already gave it, and that's good. That gives us an understanding, more of an understanding about the word and what it's all about, what it's trying to say here. And we're getting it. God wants us to be able to look at the word of God and understand it and know exactly what he wants. He doesn't want to keep his word and the meaning of his word from us. He wants us to know his will. Um, when my sons were growing up, I wanted them to know my will. Don't run out in the street, uh, you know, Go, go mow the grass since I don't want to uh, <laughs> um, do this do that you know I had certain rules my wife had certain, we wanted the, we didn't want to make a veil of fog there so they didn't understand it it's the same thing with God God wants us to understand his word so it will make our lives better and one more thing I wanted to mention about what you said it, it just brought it to me that that uh, a lot of these scriptures we, we had talked Sister Lonnie here last week I think it was about how that each one of these scriptures starts out with one way and then it turns it says if you do this way this is what's going to happen it's not going to be good if you do this way in God it's going to be it's going to be good for you so I was thinking about that and 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 when we look at this it's the bad way is our way of flesh and the ways of man but then it turns around why do they use righteous because the, the good way is the spiritual way it, it, the Bible way the God's will's way you know and, and that's the reason why they use righteous so that really brought a interesting thought here to my mind about that anybody else interpretation of that scripture let me read it again the way of the slothful man is at a, as a an hedge of thorns but the way of the righteous is made plain let me go ahead and give the key words here uh, way we've talked about this before is the road or path or journey of, of life the direction we're going um, of the slothful the sluggish the lazy um, it was kind of funny here around Christmas time uh, um, we had a little running joke with uh, River and Nori and uh, uh, I was telling, they were acting out some things, and I said, walk like a sloth. And they start on one end of the room, and it was probably 30 minutes later, they did, hadn't even got about that far. And uh, they were just walking so slow, you could even hardly see them move. But slothful, sluggish or lazy, thorns, briars to prick, uh, and Sister Juwan, you mentioned the hedge. I remember a hedge that we had in front of our house. You couldn't get through it. It was so thick, thick hedge of thorns. Uh, the righteous is straight, 
right, level, upright, correct, pleasing. Uh, and made plain is to lift up, cast up, exalt, ex esteem highly, prize. Anybody else? Here's a, wait a second here. We've got a, a note that's waving in, in front here. Let's see if we can read it. Let's see. <laughs> I got to get real close here. <laughs> uh, this reminds me of this. If you live for God easy, it is hard. But, if, but to live for God hard, it is easy. Or dig, you know, to give everything to God. Yes, thank you. Yes, I see the thumbs up there. Thank you very much. Thank you for your contribution there. Amen. Good thoughts. Sister Lonnie? Um, when I was reading this today, a hedge of thorns in my head, um, We, my dad and my grandpa both would make um, literal fences out of thorn bushes, you know, to keep the cows in one side because cows don't like thorns. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, as kids, we would try to make shortcuts between them and you always knew who went through the hedges because your clothes got left there and you left as many clothes as you could without being naked, you know, kind of thing. Just because they grab, well, they're really nasty and they take your hair and take clumps out and, and you get entangled and then you're crying and mom said, get yourself out because you got yourself in kind of thing, you know? And it's hard to get out. And that's all I could think of. <laughs> You know, anyways, um, and they hurt your feet because I was always barefoot. They're not fun. Um, but the lazy man always has excuses and reasons why he can't and uh, everything else that needs to get done and everything falls apart around him and they become obstacles. All of his um, excuses and reasons and extracurricular activities that he finds instead of doing what he's supposed to do. It's like they get him caught in those thorns and it's, you can't get out. It's so hard to get out of those excuses and out of those other entertaining, you know, out of that lifestyle. Yeah. But when I read this, and I didn't look up Strong's and I should have, but when I thought of plain, the way that is plain, it's like um, a straight road even if it's a road with a curve in it, it's open and there's nothing hindering your steps, you know? So each step is clear and you can see which way to go in the next foot, you know? And then down the road, you can see which way to go. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Amen. See, this is real life teaching here too. <laughs> the experiences of the thorns, yes, we can, understand, we can relate to that. We can understand that. Amen. Anybody else? Scripture? Interpretation? Anybody? Good thoughts. Okay, let's go to the next verse. Verse 20. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother. Now, I want to read the, the key words, definitions here. Wise is skillful, cunning, learned, shrewd and prudent so a skillful cunning learned shrewd prudent son maketh a glad father glad is to rejoice makes it makes the father rejoice father is earthly father or it could even be heavenly father 
but a skillful, cunning, learned, shrewd, prudent son maketh a, a father, whether it's a heavenly father, earthly father, to rejoice. But a foolish man, foolish is stupid fellow. <laughs> Can't get any more plain than that. Stupid fellow, arrogant one. So a stupid fellow and an arrogant one, uh, a man, despiseth his mother. And this is interesting about despiseth. It says he holds her in contempt and holds her worthless. Holds her in contempt and basically looks at her as worthless. So a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother. Who wants to talk about this? driving me nuts all day. Okay. Why does the wise son make the dad glad and the foolish son make the mom scorned? I, I thought about that too. I'm... Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Because a mom is going to defend her son no matter what. <laughs> Even when he's a fool, she still thinks he's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> um, I think, to me, this scripture is kind of plain, but um, obviously, if a son uses the wisdom that his father has passed down to him or has taken the time in every speech to give to him and his son embraces it and begins to use that wisdom, his father's very glad because his son actually listened to him while his mother's just off to the side said, oh, he's always been a good boy. Um, but a foolish man, <laughs> he is, it's like he's ashamed because his mother did not correct him when she should have. And now he regrets, I mean, he might have been happy as a teenager that she let him just run, run all over the place and let him go here and there. But he gets older and he realizes you didn't teach me anything. You allowed me to do this and that, and I despise the way you brought me up and all the liberties that you gave me. Why didn't you keep your eye on me? Why weren't you more strict? That's what it says to me. Mm -hmm. And in that thought, a lot of times parents feel like that you're just spinning your wheels because they are not listening, they're not paying attention, they're, they're not learning anything. So sometimes you get frustrated and you give up. But I remember my, my mother and my father were very consistent. Uh, they disciplined me, and uh, there's times that I didn't like, well, every time I didn't like it, but let me put it that way. But, and I didn't want it to be done, but then as I got older, I realized that, you know, I really deserve that. And now when I look at it, I'm thankful that they did discipline me. Because, as I've mentioned before, through that discipline of my parents to me, and I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means, but that discipline teaches me how to discipline myself now as I'm older. And uh, I, I think it's very, very important. 
for that discipline to be given and not to get say well it's not working well sometimes it seems like it's not working uh, but it is working it is working but be consistent in that be consistent and in the future your child will be appreciative of that in the future so anybody else yes sister Toby I had heard one time, and you may want to double check me, but this is what I was told also, that when a child was stoned for rebellion, the only one that could cry out for that child was the mother to save his life. And sometimes the mother, you know, you take a lot from your children. You love them so much. They came from you. You raised them. And you know, you take that accountability on you that you know that part of this is on your shoulders but that's what I had heard that the mothers could cry out and say you know save my son or save my daughter you know and that would be the only voice that would stop them from stoning them so but I do agree that um, between like the father how it, if you t take that instruction from your father even as a girl my dad had three girls but my father, when he said something, mom always said something. But when my dad said something, there was just a respect for him there that I just automatically had. And say it, it may have been God-given or it just may be what is in children. Um, but I always respected him. And there was one time that me and my mom had a disagreement and I was 18 and I thought I was big enough. <laughs> I wasn't big enough, you know? And my dad come in and said, what's going on? And okay, if you can't treat her correctly, and it, then you're gonna have to leave. And so I sat there with my mom and my mom's like, I said, dad told me I had to go, <laughs> you know? And she's like, no, just go out there and talk to your dad. And I'm like, no, he told me. And I went out there and I talked to my dad. And my dad said, um, oh if you repent you'll be forgiven he was working on a car he was busy he had his you know dads are busy but he took that moment to look at me and said if you confess your sins that's how you told me you'll be forgiven and I said so does that mean I don't have to leave <laughs> you know because I had done wrong it, I had yelled in my mother's face let's, over something stupid and I look back on that. My mom has died of cancer. And I look back on that, and that's one of my, my biggest regrets that I ever, in, in, in my whole life, that was the only time, and that was the last time I really learned my lesson. But, you know, I, that's a regret of mine. But even though I did it, and it was towards her, she was still so forgiving. She's just like, I tell your dad. You know, but... Sometimes mom makes a lot of allowances compared to dad. Dads are pretty like that. <laughs> I also look at this scripture that sometimes dads are, are looking for expectations differently than a mother. And uh, I know sometimes dads are like wanting them to be, make right decisions, be wise, get knowledge, get some talents, be able to work hard, but this and that. And mothers do look at it differently. And I think this is a reason why there's 
the father in one portion and the mother in another portion. I do know that there's something deeper in it than that. There's more to be able to dig down deeper in that as far as in the mother's portion of it. I'm looking at it from the father's standpoint because I know as a father, you know, what I expected. And then my wife, she expected different things. Uh, she wanted them to um, uh, be more loving and more caring and more, uh, you know, wanting to wash the dishes and the clothes and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm just kidding about that. But she looked at it in a different way than I did. I was looking at it like, be a man, you know, stand up, be a man, get some wisdom here. Don't make, uh, don't make choices and do things without putting your brain in gear. That was one of the main things that dads and, well, let me just put it this way, that I did. Timothy, you on here? Yes, you are. <laughs> but that's just the way dads think, and moms think differently. I mean, it's, I think that's the reason why the scripture is like that. But there's something deeper in this scripture that, we, that I know we can tap into. Anybody else have a thought here? Yes. Awesome. The word despiseth, again, hold in contempt and worthless. First off, I just want to say, Sister Juwan, when you said you read it this morning, I turned to Janae and I said, she was cheating. And she turned to me and she said, no, we were supposed to be reading these since last week. So all you guys are cheaters. <laughs> she was obedient. <laughs> it's, it's because I didn't know, that's why it was cheating. Um, so what came to mind, because I, I asked the same question when it came up just a couple minutes ago, because that was the first I'd read it, um, that Sister Lonnie did, that why is it father and mother there? And one thing I think of is that, um, like historically and just throughout time, the father has always represented truth, has always represented something that's immutable, like the law. Like we would consider the Old Testament God to be the father. Um, whereas the God of the New Testament is very much the son. Um, and so like, to me, the father or the male half symbolizes um, something that's permanent, something that is measurable, something that you look at and measure up to that is a standard. Whereas the female side, um, the female side symbolically always represents um, creation or progression or the potential for change. So when I read that, I think um, the wise son measures up to the law. The wise son appeases the ideal that we strive for. Um, we think of Christ or righteousness as this ideal that we're reaching for. Um, so the wise son measures up against something that cannot be changed. But the foolish man despises the potential for change. The foolish man despises what could have been mercy what could have been love, what could have been newness, which is the mother, which is the female, which is the ability to be created as something new. Um, so the wise son meets the mark, but the foolish man despises everything that could have been is kind of the way that I think you can read into that between the, the male and female side. Mm -hmm. Yep, very good. Um, so I agree as far as like the um what we've talked about with the separation of the two like why father here but why mother here but i also think that when it comes to like psalms and proverbs 
um, we can, we have the ability to read things less literally, like word for word, every single thing matters, because it is more poetic um, in nature. And so I think, I think the writer here, in that regard, could be saying something specific about both, but I think he's also just saying like, both the mother and the father are involved in whether they are proud of or embarrassed by their son or daughter. Um, so that's just one aspect of what I, I, I was thinking about. But the scripture also makes me think about inheritance and how important inheritance is to a father and a mother and how very little the children consider that inheritance. Um, because it's true, I, I never thought about what I, will, what I will receive from my parents as a kid. Um, and now that I'm older and I see how hard my parents have worked all of their lives, I think I do not want to squander what they have to hand down to me. So, and that's not even just monetarily. I'm talking like just all, all of the values that they've placed into me, all, everything that they've poured into me over my whole life. I don't want to squander that. I, I, I don't want to take it for granted. And um, I, I just, I, I guess that's just what I was thinking of this whole time we've been talking about it, just how much relief a father must feel when his son is wise because a father will not feel that his own life has been wasted mm. if he has a wise son because he knows that everything, all the foundation that he has worked to build and the foundations that his father and his grandfather built will not be wasted on his son mm. because his son will carry on the foundation and continue to build on it, like to continue to further the foundation and to build up. Um, and so that's just what I just was thinking of inheritance. Mm -hmm. Yep, very good. Good, good thoughts here. But Luke, <laughs> very good thoughts, brother Luke. Over here, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother. I'm not going to get serious with it, but I just sort of humorous with this one. <laughs> uh, Let's see. Uh, happy, happy wife, happy life. No. <laughs> I th <laughs> Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, huh? That's right. Absolutely. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> that the father's happy because the son's good. Mom's happy. There you go. Hey, makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Great thoughts here tonight. Great thoughts. Okay, I'm going to go on to verse 21. Um, it reads, Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom, but a man of understanding walketh uprightly. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom, but a man of understanding walketh uprightly. So sure do you want? <laughs> the, uh, the carnal side of this is uh, <laughs> um, 
lot different than, than the spiritual side. But working at Walmart, okay, so we see people shoplifting all the time, and they think it's funny. It's a joy to them because, and it is folly, <laughs> because they are destitute of wisdom, and they should know that eventually they're going to get caught, and it's not going to be so funny anymore. So, but a person of understanding will not do that because they understand that they're going to go to jail or be terribly embarrassed, whichever, and, uh, and that it's just not right. So someone else can take the spiritual side. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom, but a man of understanding walketh uprightly. do you ever look at people in the world and even in the church and think I don't understand how they can think that mm. or how they can believe that and I don't even mean I'm, that might sound funny I mean it like totally serious like, like very serious stuff and I don't know why this is the first thing that came to my mind, but just all of the stuff that happened last year, and I know it's been going on for much longer than just 2020, but all of the stuff that came up last year about child sex trafficking. And I just was thinking, how in the world is anybody okay with this? How does anyone let this happen? I just cannot wrap my mind around it. I cannot fathom it. But this scripture makes it make sense. They are destitute of wisdom. That is why they can, not only can they let it happen, they can find joy in it. Mm -hmm. And I, I just... Oh, I know that's a little heavy. I'm sorry if that's too much, but I just that was the first thing that I thought of because there's some things I just I just can't understand it. But when you realize that those of carnal thinking are destitute of wisdom, of and not just wisdom, not just worldly wisdom, because you can even think in the world like, well, yeah, that's wrong. We should never do that. Sometimes it just takes godly wisdom to know not to do something, to know that something is wrong. Um, and our world is so very lacking in wisdom. And it's what causes all of the pain and all of the suffering that we see mm. around us. Right. But if you have understanding, you're upright, and it'll never, it won't even cross your mind twice. Mm -hmm. You'll just know right away because that's what wisdom does for you. Gives you discernment, gives you understanding. Mm. And you don't waver and walk on the path of the unrighteous. Right, very good, very good. Who's next? Let me read a few definitions here. Folly says foolishness. Uh, so foolishness is joy or the word joy is gladness, glad of results, pleasure. They take pleasure in the foolishness. Um, so folly is 
joy to him that is destitute. Destitute means lacking, in need of, and in want of. Destitute of wisdom. They might not even understand they want wisdom, but they're, they're in need of it, and they, deep down they want it. Uh, wisdom is heart and understanding. Um, understanding is insight, intelligence, uh, walketh, of course, again, to lead, carry, manner of life, and then uh, uprightly is be straight, be level, be lawful, be straightforward. We have a picture here. Just a second, we'll get to that. Um, it reminds, the scripture reminds me of the scripture that says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I behaved as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Um, there are a lot of things that children can get themselves into trouble with because to them it is folly. It's just a whole lot of fun because they don't have the wisdom to understand that it's dangerous. You know, there's a lot of kids that like to play with fire, in the fire, jump over the fire and start to catch the house on fire. And I'm not going to say any names, but it's because of a lack of wisdom until they meet the seat of understanding. The Board of Education. <laughs> the Board of Education, yes, hits and makes a seat of understanding or right, whatever. Right, right. Um, but that's what this reminds me of. It reminds me of how children, you know, we all, we're always correcting them because they do not have the wisdom. Right. And they think a lot of things are fun, all fun and games, but it's just because they lack wisdom. So, mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, we have a note here. Brother Raymond, can you read that? <laughs> For those who do not know their behavior is wrong, enjoy their sin. However, those that have the truth and word of God and spirit of God and spirit of God cannot truly enjoy sin. When I was Baptized? I could backslid. Not, backslid? Mm -hmm. Truly enjoy my doing life because I knew God was not pleased by my actions. Ignorance is bliss. Okay, very good. Very good. Good thoughts. Anybody else? Yes. Yes, we, we need you to speak into us so they can hear it. <laughs> Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom, but, man, but a man of understanding walketh uprightly. Um, for me, the scripture uh, from somebody that's like in recovery, I know uh, <clears throat> one of the biggest things that they teach us that goes along for me with a lot of stuff that has to do with the word of God or... Um, like moving forward in your walk with God is a lot of things that we're taught that we should know better of is like um, 
if we're not drinking anymore, it's still not wise to go into a bar. We don't go and sit in a bar because we want to just hang out with our friends because it's foolishness. And we know that the joy that's going to come out of there is just danger, you know. And so for those of us that have understanding of the things that we need to do in order to keep ourselves straight and protected, we live with that understanding of knowing these are things that are dangerous to us. If we play with those, if we tempt with that, that is a danger. Like um, there's a lot of things, even with my walk with God, that God, even though he's going to use me, there's things that he's not, he's going to understand my weaknesses. You know what I'm saying? Like um, there might be other people besides me that can go into other situations and be able to win and be a witness. And um, those things would not be for me. You know, like the, the things that God knows is my strengths is what he's going to use me for. You know, um, and as we, most of us know, like my biggest strength in here is my mouth. So <laughs> uh, I feel like at least that part is going to be used, but he's going to use my feet as wisdom as long as I stay focused on the understanding of knowing where I'm safe and where I'm not, you know? So like that scripture made, took me back to so many things that I, I've been through in my past that God has reminded me of the things that I don't do anymore that he keeps me on track of to keep me from falling back into those pits, you know? And it's through my understanding of walking, of that keeps me walking upright of that. Amen. Very good. Very good. Have you noticed how that all these different perspectives have come? And a lot of it has come as our life's journey. Your life's journey is different than my life's journey. And I have a different perspective than you have. And you have a different perspective than someone else. So we're looking at it. And that's the nice thing about being able to take a scripture and interpret it. This is how that scripture has affected me or my friends or my family or my situation or what I used to be or what I am now or whatever and it it shows us that um, that that we can look at the scripture and it can affect each one of us where we're at or where we've been that's the power of the word of God it's a beautiful thing and uh, thank you for all these thoughts we're going to go on verse 22 unless someone has another thought on this scripture Real quick, anybody? Nobody? Okay, verse 22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. Let me go ahead and give some of the definitions of some of these words here. This is coming from the Hebrew uh, definition. Uh, without counsel is... Now, this is interesting. Think about this here. Without counsel, that definition says counsel of familiar conversation. Without counsel, the definition of it is counsel of familiar conversation and then there's another part of that two or three different parts of that circle of familiar friends assembly company so it's without counsel without the counsel of, of familiar conversations circle of family or familiar friends assembly company kind of sound like a church can sound like close friends, people you've been associated with for a while, that you tend to get counsel from. So without counsel, uh, 
purposes, which is plan and, inv and invention, plan and invention, are disappointed. Disappointed means to frustrate, to make ineffectual, to break apart. And then multitude is abundance. It goes on and says, but in the multitude of counselors, multitude is abundance and greatness, and counselors is ad advise and consult. And then also established definition is become powerful to become powerful to arise and to stand up but in the multitude of counselors they are established become powerful to arise to stand up what's your thoughts on this it's a little bit wordy it kind of stumped me for a second but um, in relation to people, um, it just kind of took me to the body of Christ. It, right away, I kind of thought about an organ, which would be what one of us, a foot, a hand, the body of Christ. And without being attached to other body parts or our family, our church, um, that part isn't going to function. But in the multitude, together, the purpose, the purposes will be established, the purpose for Christ. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very good. Good thought. I'm going to try to get this out right because <laughs> my brain's like all over the place. Um, so I kind of go back to the scriptures before that, too. Um, a mother and father and um, I guess like teaching your children type of thing um, and what I'm going through now sort of with my children so um, you're going to be disappointed your purpose is going to be disappointed if your counsel's wrong so um, what I'm trying to tell them now is if you're hanging out with these people <laughs> and they're giving you all this advice you know and it's constantly there, you're not going to fulfill the purpose of God. You have to be in the right counsel because if not, you're going to walk away from the Lord and it's just not going to be um, a good thing. Not going to be a good thing. So. Yep, very good. And it could be familiar counsel, but if it's not the correct instruction, it could lead us away from the purpose of God for sure someone else I'm kind of putting you on the spot brother Ron but this reminded me of what you said um, Sunday morning what did you say about a tool where its purpose is unknown you said something specific about it if if the purpose of a tool is unknown then abuse is inevitable that's what it was that's what it reminded me of um Without counsel, abuse is inevitable. It's, it's just the way I read it. I was just—I just immediately was thought back to that. I didn't have anything else to say. Just to reference that—that that was so in line with what he said Sunday. Likely using a screwdriver for a chisel. <laughs> Hammer, you always have. <laughs> <laughs> Any 
without counsel purposes are disappointed but in the multitude of counselors they are established the purposes are established yes sister Toby over the run. we'll get you here in a minute I was just thinking about the uh, the idea that it's just natural human uh, nature for us to gravitate toward people that think like us. Mm -hmm. uh, our friends are people that think like us. We have groups, cliques, whatever you want to call it. But it's a group of people within a group of people that pretty much think alike. And if we gather all our counsel from people that think like us, all we're getting is one viewpoint. Mm -hmm. All we're seeing is one perspective. But in a multitude of people that don't think like us, uh, there was a, a thought that the Lord gave me a long time ago, but it, it's um, we get knowledge from a lot of different places. And if you get a bunch of knowledge about a certain subject from different perspectives, those things will tend to bring you down to the truth. Um, if you're just getting one side of it, you're only getting a partial truth. The more counsel you can get from different perspectives, the more likely it is that you're going to arrive at a more complete picture of what truth is. And I think that's why it's, it's probably wise don't just go to the same group to get answers for you know, look around a little bit, get some other thoughts on it. And if, you know, you can weigh it out and decide if it fits or if it doesn't fit, but uh, just like what we're doing here tonight, it's the same thing. And it's not that anybody's been wrong. Everybody's had a good opinion and a good thought, but it's broadened the scope of the concept that we're trying to learn about because it's all coming from different directions. Yeah. But it's focused on the same point. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of fleshes it out and makes it better, makes it a more complete uh, decision on our part as far as what truth is. Mm -hmm. Good. Uh, Sister Toby was first, and then we'll get Sister Sheets. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed but in the multitude of counselors they are established. It just reminds me, sorry, of the story of Absalom when he took over the kingdom from David and how he didn't want the elders' information. He wanted the young men that would agree with him. And we do, you know, like someone said, we want those that have the same like manner of thought because we're like, okay, then we're really right. But... I'm more of the opposite. I like a good debate. I, I, not a mean debate, but different thoughts and different, you know, and put different um, words together where maybe I didn't think of it that way. But that doesn't mean you're going to change my mind. It's just I want to hear your side, your point of view. But there are people that they base their decisions solely on what they already know the direction that they're going to take. They just want someone to agree with them and look like they have that number of people that were going the right way, but it reminds me of Absalom. But um, <laughs> Good thoughts, good thoughts. Yes, Sister Sheets. 
This reminded me of a young lady from Salem <clears throat> who was at death's door in Springfield, Illinois Hospital. And the doctors didn't know what to do for her, so they sent her to Barnes. And they had a team of doctors that studied her case, and all but one said, we can't do anything for her. But the one doctor said, I want to try something. Today, that lady is healed. She could have been gone because she was very critical, very, very critical. She had lost almost all of her body weight. She'd been in the hospital, I don't even remember how long, but seems like two or three months. But the one doctor said, I'm going to try. And he did, and that lady is living, breathing miracle today because of the counsel that they had. So sometimes everybody can agree, but sometimes we don't all agree. We just have to do and lead, have the leading of God of whatever is the right way. So she's fulfilling the purpose. She is. Amen. One more. And then we will. I'll touch on it. Yes, go ahead. This takes me back from listening to everybody back to when I was younger in Scouts. And the leaders would take us out there and give a scenario of a kid with a wound, a broken leg, broken arm, broken neck, and give us a scenario and say, you got to save them. We'd all go and talk about it and hear each other's out. We'd all laugh when the other said, I'll just leave him here. But we would have to work together and figure out the best scenario to get him back to camp. And they actually made us do it. So we'd all talk and figure it out what was the best way to do it. We wouldn't stop until we got him the best way that we could get him out safely without damaging him, dropping him, which we did drop him, but get him back safely where he would live. That is taking me back to that. Very good. And it took all of you to do that. I mean, to get Oh, yeah, he was heavy. <laughs> uh, we were, uh, last one I remember that we actually did, the kid had a broken leg. We had to bandage it, do a, uh, basically a brace, and we used a tarp out of one of the bags and some um, limbs, made a stretcher, carried it back. That's the last one I remember. Yeah, very good, very good. Very good thoughts. I like for a stand tonight, and uh, wow, Bible scholars, Bible scholars. We got some great thoughts here tonight about the scriptures. Great perspectives. So we can learn a lot from what we've heard tonight. As we close, I would like for us to go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, again, we want to pray for the names that are in this, this vase and pray for the prodigals. And um, I know that there are needs of the people that are there that some of the needs we don't even know of, some we do know of. But I would like for us to just pray that God's spirit would cover these people and the names that represent these people, souls. Uh, because just a touch from God can change everything in their life in a moment's time. We know that. 
that's what happened to us. So let's pray tonight. Jesus, we come before you and we pray.